Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Quartermiss. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, David Crockett, and Lee. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. Don Q, how's everybody doing out there today? It is Friday, February 3rd, 2023. That's right, 2323. All right. So, it's Friday, right? How's everybody doing out there today? Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. And, uh, right, look at that. First week of February, I knocked out three shows. Where's the round of applause? Where's the applause button? Come on. <laughs> All right. So, before we get into the show, I just want to make sure that you guys are, please, whatever podcast app you're listening to this show on right now, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And then, also, just as important, make sure you share this with your friends. Um, follow us on social media. If you are on the uh, on any of the f- social uh, media there, Facebook, Instagram and the ticker talker at Don't Trade on America and on uh, Twitter at DTOM underscore 1775. If you want to follow me, it is PCGC underscore 1775. Um, yeah. And then don't forget about a website, Don't Trade on America.com. Check us out there. If you're not on social media, that way you can follow the show still. And if you have any questions, concerns, ideas, uh, subjects you want to broach or whatever. Uh, you can hit me up there, and uh, I'll do my best to cover them. I still have stuff in the hopper from one of our listeners that I need to do some more research on and bring you that show. It's just been a lot of stuff going on um, in the news. It's funny you listen to other podcasts, and they tell oh, it's a slow news week. It's slow news week. It's slow news week because you guys are letting it be a slow news week. We're not reporting on the stuff that needs to be reported on. But today, because I'm sure... Everybody is stroking out over this uh, Chinese spy balloon, uh, whatever it is. Um, I'm doing, I am looking into the situation. Um, Me and Chris have been discussing this whole thing, what it could be, what it might be. Um, Is it a weather balloon? Is it 
a spy satellite taking pictures and and whatnot. Um, I guess that remains to be seen, but we have other ideas, and I don't want to talk about that now. I want to continue to do some more research on the subject, and that might be a, something to talk about on Sunday on the next show. So today I'm going to kind of get out of pocket on uh, on the news, so to speak, and I just have some things that are <laughs> on my mind, and uh, and I'm going to back that up with numbers. So before anyone judges me, I want to say this about the subject of the matter today. Um, and I'm going to say this, and then when you hear people say this, it's always like, oh, they're saying that because they are that. And okay, whatever. I really don't care what you think I am or I'm not. But I will say this about that. I don't care what color a person is. As long as they treat me with respect, they'll get treated with equal respect. Okay? I don't care if they're black, brown, whatever. You know, black American, uh, Asian, uh, Hispanic... It doesn't matter to me. If you treat me with respect, you'll you will equally get respect in return. And uh, I don't care if you're gay, if you're not gay. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. Oh shit! Just lost everything. Uh oh. Hope we didn't lose everything. Did we lose everything? No. Okay. Everything's still there. Whew. <laughs> Press one button. I thought I lost everything. Um. So anyway, with that being said, um, today I'm going to talk about inclusive, you know, diversity, inclusiveness, all that stuff, equity, and and I'm going to kind of go through the whole gamut of how all this kind of started, obviously, and and I I have one thing I want to talk about before we get into that. So just uh, let me before we get into the show. Let's talk about our newest sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at christianlawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout and get 30% off your purchase price. That's christianlawson.com, promo code DTOM, D-T-O-M. All right. So <laughs> before I get into that, something really bugged me today. <laughs> we got done at the gym and... uh we I went to the store. I had to get some some stuff for uh, for dinner tonight when the wife gets off of work, and um, and, and something really bugged me. So we're gonna do a we're gonna do one of these right here. Get off my lawn, damn kids! Mm-hmm. That's right. By back by popular demand, a get off my lawn segment with your host Don Q. So I think this has to do with driving driving respect. I go to the grocery store. I see a couple getting in their pick-em-up truck. Now, mind you, they were elderly, okay? And they're driving a relatively newer, uh, I don't know, I think it was a GMC Denali. I mean, big truck, right? I'm sitting there waiting for the parking spot. They saw me sitting there waiting for the parking spot. In the time it took them to finally back that truck out, I had already parked in a different parking spot. And walk past them. <laughs> Here's my gripe. And I'm and I'm picking on these people. 
because it's not just them. It's not just old people. It's not white people or black people or Hispanic people. It's just people. When you leave your the grocery store or Walmart or wherever, and it's a busy. I go the store I go to is relatively busy all the time. And when you're leaving the store and you see someone waiting for your spot because the parking lot's full, move your ass. It does not take you that long to get into a car, put the motherfucker in reverse, and back the hell up. I'm sorry, I don't care how old you are. If you're that old that you can't get your happy ass in the vehicle, throw the motherfucker in reverse and get the hell out of the way so other people can do what they have to do, then you don't need to be in the motherfucking truck. Okay? Pardon my language, but this is where I'm at. It's the level of respect or lack thereof that people have for other people in this fucking country. The reason we're in the shape that we are in is because of people like this. Old, And like I said, and I'm talking about old people per se. This couple happen to be old. I deal with this all the time. You come around, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I come around the bend. Okay, oh, these people are getting in their vehicle. I'm going to go ahead and turn on my turn signal. I'm sitting there. They're in the vehicle. Okay. She's got her foot on the brake. Okay. What takes so long? (laughs) I mean, I can get in my car and I'm in and out within 30 seconds. It does not take that. Well, Don, they were old. Fuck that. If you're old enough to have a driver's license and you are smart enough to buy a fucking $65,000 pickup truck that obviously was way too much truck for them because I could tell by the way she was trying to drive the thing and backing out. Here's my here's my uh, tip for the day to anybody, old, young, doesn't matter, female, male, I don't care. When you go to buy a new vehicle or a new-to-you vehicle, doesn't have to be brand spanking new if you're going to buy a used vehicle, whatever, it doesn't matter. When you're going to buy a new vehicle, especially if you're a car driver and you think, well, maybe I need an SUV or a pickup truck, test drive the damn thing first. Take it for a spin, park it in a parking lot, back it out, pull it in, turn right, turn left, go fast, go slow. Try the vehicle out. Sometimes the vehicle might be too much for you. Now, if I'm a car salesman, do I give a shit if this person can drive the car? No, because that's a sale. I get that. But let's have a little bit more respect for other people when you're driving your vehicles. That includes using your turn signals. Okay? I use my turn signal religiously. And it's not because I think I'm better than anyone else. Mainly because I, if I get rear-ended while I'm trying to make a turn, I don't want to... I got any... Hey, I had my turn signal on. This motherfucker wasn't paying attention. And that's another thing that drives me crazy. Is when I'm waiting to turn, like if I'm turning off of a side road onto the main road, and you see a vehicle coming. Okay, are they turning or not? Because they're slowing down. They might be turning. Oh, they're turning. Or they're already in the turning lane. Then they turn on their turn signal. My wife is actually guilty of that. Or the ones that use their turn signal, but don't turn. Guys. Learn how to drive. What, what What is the problem in this country? We do not teach people how to drive anymore. 
Oh, you're 16, here's your driver's license. Now, do I blame the schools? I can. I mean, I can blame, oh, when I was in school, they had driver's ed, and I know some schools have it and some schools don't. Um, Whatever. It's your kid. Teach him how to drive. All right. And that concludes our Get Off the Lawn segment. All right, so back in 19... I meant to look this up. I think it was 63 when he uh, had this speech. Um, nonetheless, uh, it doesn't really matter exactly the day that he read the speech. But this was in um, this was in Washington, D.C. And it's from the I Have a Dream speech. So I want to play this real quick. Just this little segment of it. And then we'll get into what I'm talking about. Even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Okay, so that was the key. I have a dream where my four children, and he's not, I mean, he is talking about his children, but I think he's referring, it's kind of a metaphor for all black children or, or people of color's children. I mean... Obviously, Martin Luther King, a black man, doing this speech, he's referring to black injustice, uh, segregation, and those things, that all men and women will be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Now, why did I play that? I have no idea. I'm asking you guys. Do you know why? No. But in all seriousness, okay... When we, when we talk about diversity, um, inclusiveness, equity, all that stuff, I'm going to backtrack to the 1960s and, and before then. So slavery ended in 1864 when uh, Martin Luther King signed the Emancipation Pro- Pro- blah, 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 Proclamation. Jeez Louise. And <laughs> obviously it didn't take effect right away. Even to the point where a hundred years after that, there was still, I mean, granted, it wasn't slavery, but 
if any one of you guys, I granted I wasn't old enough, I, I wasn't alive back then, contrary to popular opinion. <laughs> um, there was we know our history, okay? So in the forties, fifties, sixties, there was segregation, right? We segregated schools, we segregated businesses, right? There was the the white um, water fountain, the the colored water fountain. You know, you sat in the back of the bus. There was a different entrance and all that stuff. So I understand the need to eliminate, to to have eliminated that stuff. I understand that. We should all be treated equally in that sense. That if you are whatever color and you're going to the grocery store, you should be equally able to shop the whole store no matter what color you are. You should be able to sit wherever you want on the bus. You should be able to drink from whatever water fountain, sit at whatever, uh, you know, deli bar, you know, at the, the sandwich counter. You should be able to do everything that everyone else can do. I 100% agree with that. That you should be allowed the opportunity to compete, so to speak. But... What happens is, now I don't recall, now when I was a kid, granted, let's, let's take the 70s out of this because, you know, I was born in 73, so I'm, I'm going to refer more to the 80s and the 90s. When I was a kid growing up, going to, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, and, you know, college and so on and so forth, having kids, getting married, whatever. Um... I didn't notice, now granted, you're going to say, well, you're white, whatever, why would you notice? You're not black, you didn't have to tr- deal with the troubles and tribulations and and all that stuff. And, I, and I'm going to say this, I understand that like when I was a kid, or a teenager, let's say, um, having black friends, a lot of the police officers back then were probably still a little bit old school. Okay, now am, am I saying that's right? No, I'm not saying that's right. Because like I said, segregation essentially no, in all forms, whether it's going out in public or going to school, whatever, was bad. I get that. Um, and I'm like I said, I'm sure back in the 70s and 80s, you still had old school police officers that remembered the 50s and the 60s. I understand that too. But now... It seems like as the 90s gave way to the 2000s and so on, we've become more, it's, it's like we try too hard to be diversified, you know, to the point where in, I, I don't know, 2010-ish, give or take, it became a point where major companies made it a point to teach and under and make their employees understand diversity, inclusion, equity. And it was almost like I never understood that there wasn't, like when I saw a black person or if I was working with a black person, I never treated them any differently than any other color. I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, there's, you know, there's Mike over there, he's black, so, you know. I, it wasn't like that. I never saw that. Um, but it's, it's almost like in the last 15, 20 years, 
that whoever whoever is whoever's idea this was and I still go back to the show I did the other day about propaganda right public relations is this not all a, a propagandist type machine a type situation where we we work we live in this country work in this country and we're reminded of how bad white people are to black people and I just don't see that. I think, as a matter of fact, I think, and maybe this is my white privilege talking, whatever, but I feel like white people go above, for the most part, go above and beyond because of, if they if they aren't, or if, if you're a person like me and you just don't like anybody, no matter what color, age, whatever, you just like, whatever, just leave me alone. Um that you you're a racist if you if you don't go the extra step to be a little bit more nice to a black person versus a white person you're racist and and then we throw the word racist and white supremacy around like it's a rag doll to the point with the situation that happened in Memphis the five black police officers that killed the black uh, motorist was white supremacy how how is that i mean it's like if there's any kind of crime against a black person, it doesn't even matter what color the perpetrator is. Now it's just white supremacy. If you if you kill a black person, no matter what color you are, it's white supremacy. And that doesn't make any sense to me. We are way past that. And, and this is how I'm going to break it down. So looking at the census of this country, okay, as of 2021, okay, 59% of this country is white, okay? 18, well, let's just call it 19% is Hispanic, and 12, almost 13% is black, and then you have 6% Asian, and then 3% other. So, why? Okay, so if you're talking 330-some-odd million people, okay, if 60% are white, so that's roughly 180 some odd million people are white, okay? And at, what was it, um, 13, almost 13%, you're talking about, tw you know, 11, 12, no, 13 would be, so 10% would be, yeah, yeah, 10% would be 33 million, so you're talking about, I'm going to just spitball and say about 40 million, Okay? But all we hear every every day in the news, you maybe not on every channel, but somewhere in this country, every day, and probably multiple spots in this country, there's something about injustice to a black person, whether it be by the police, by the local government, by a shop owner, whatever. Now, and I've talked about this before. Why is that? And it's all about the divide. I mean, even if you add up all the other races, it's still less than the amount of white people. So it's like they go out of their way to make sure you understand that no matter what you do or say, they're going to make sure that you know that everybody in this country is racist. 
Now, am I going to sit here and tell you that of that 60% of the people in this country that are white, there's not people in that mix that's racist? That's No, I'm not going to sit there and tell you. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that 180-some-odd million white people in this country, none of them are racist. I'm not saying that. I also say of the 40-some-odd million black people that are in this country that none of them are racist. Now, what do you say? A lot of people say, what do you mean black people can't be racist? That's bullshit. There's plenty of black people in this country that hate white people. And I would venture a guess that percentage-wise, it's equally as much as the amount of white people. Okay? Well, you can say, oh, well, there's more white people that are racist than black people. Well, yeah, because there's more white people. So, yeah, if there's if 2% of the white population is racist and 2% of the black population is racist, then obviously, just by basic math, there's going to be more white people that are racist than black. I understand that. I'm not, you know, I'm not stupid. But my point being is this. We are constantly bashed over the head of how crappy we are as people. Um, and then <laughs> I'm going to get into the LBGT whatever situation. I'm going to include that in this because it's such a small percentage of this country that are these different sections okay and then so if you take white people versus all the other races but we're constantly told and, and i'm not even gonna let's just take let's just talk about white and black because you don't see how often do you watch the news and and you see a, a, a story about how the police whatever color the police were uh beat a, a mexican you know a hispanic man for whatever or shot a Hispanic man for whatever. Or shot an Asian man for whatever. How often do you see that? Nine times out of ten, when you see a story of, of any kind of significance, and the person isn't a white person doing something against a black person, you don't even hear the story. I go back to the mass shooting, the two mass shootings in California a couple weeks ago. Mass shooting, kills 11, blah, blah, blah. As soon as they released that the person was an Asian man, story went away. Next day, another mass shooting. As soon as they found out it was an Asian man, story went away. Bet your ass if that if either one of those was a white man with the AR-15, you would still be hearing about it. Biden would be making speeches about gun control. Congress people, senators would be making speeches about gun control. But because it wasn't a white person with a gun and especially the deadly AR-15, we don't talk about it. What does it matter what color that person was that shot that? If your stance is anti-gun, what does it matter what color or age that person was that shot the gun? It shouldn't matter. If you are anti-gun, you're anti-gun no matter what color that person was. I think what's happening is we, we, are, we are throat gagged with trying to be diversified and fair and if you just go back to what Martin Luther King said about the content of a person's character and not their skin not judged by the color of their skin we don't do that anymore we're not allowed to okay we're not allowed to judge a person by the content of their character we have to judge them by the color of their skin now you could be sitting there say Don that's racist hear me out you see it all the time. Uh, what's it? Uh, confirmative 
action or affirmative action was one of the key words back, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. And that's changed to DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, right? That's morphed into that. So we, we go, I mean, I don't, I, I'm saying we, I'm talking, I'm talking about we as a country. We go out of our way to judge a person by their color of their skin. Now, when Martin Luther King talked about this, he was more talking about the, the black man going into the convenience store, for example, and not being automatically judged by the color of his skin by the store owner thinking he's going to rob the place because he's black. I understand that because I guarantee you, percentage-wise, there's just as many white people that rob liquor stores and rob convenience stores and rob banks and rob whatever, burglarize houses, than there are black people or Hispanic people. I guarantee you, percentage-wise. Now, why? Well, you can sit there and say, well, Don, why do you keep saying percentage-wise? Because percentages matter. Because there's such a, a large um, population gap between the two colors. So when I say percentage-wise, if 10% of black people uh, rob liquor stores and 10% of white people rob liquor stores, well, it's 10%. Obviously, the numbers are different because there's only, say, 40-some-odd million black people and 180-some-odd million white people. So obviously, at that point, there's more white people. So if I didn't use percentages, I could just sit there and say, well, more people robbed whatever than black people do, and we don't lose our sleep shit over that. So we'll just use percentages. And I'm just throwing that out. I don't know if that's an accurate number. I'm just giving you an idea. But, you know, we get into a situation where what's the, what's the biggest thing anymore that we judge um, white people versus black people? And that's police brutality, right? So, you know, I'm going to just give basic numbers. I'm not going to give you precise to the 10th to the number. So there's roughly 330 million people in this country, right? Um, there is roughly 670,000 full-time police officers. Um, there are approximately 2.1 police officers for every 1,000 people in this country. Police officers are less than a point twenty-one percent of the population Officers come into contact with 17% of the population annually. So, roughly 50 million people, give or take, right? Oh, okay, I guess it says right here. <laughs> 55 million people. Um, so, which at the time that this, this report was done... There was around 26,000 excessive force complaints against officers. That comes out to be a .047 of the contacts. So of the 17% of contacts police had with, with, the, popu with the population, 26,000 of those were excessive force. And only 8% of those complaints were sustained. So only 8% of that 26,000 were legit. So that's roughly... 2,000 out of 53, 50 whatever million contacts or .0039. Okay? 
you are seven times more likely to be murdered, 15 times more likely to be killed in a traffic accident, 42 times more likely to be raped than have a police officer use excessive force on you. Now, why am I saying this? Why am I giving you these numbers? If, if it's a 0.0039% uh, situation of, of police of excessive force. Now, that I'm assuming that ranges from anything, from chokeholds to knees on necks to being shot. I would assume excessive force is, is any of those. Anything where, where there's bodily harm. So if 0.004 is the number, why does it dominate our news cycle? I mean, legitimately, it, sh it should be nothing that we rarely ever hear about. But that's all we ever hear about. And then you hear these people in Congress and Senate and your local municipalities and your governors and, you know, whatever. Oh, cops are racist and white supremacy. We need to defund the police. Well, shit, it looks like the police are pretty defunded when there's only 2%. <laughs> 2 or what was it? 2 police officers for every thousand people that's pretty defunded it's not two police officers for every one person it's per every thousand that's not a lot which means that the way i look at it is this now granted obvious populations you know cities have larger populations and there's there should be more police officers in those whatever cities but if you have a a peaceful protest and let's say there's 4,000 people there, right? What are you going to see? Eight cops? No, you're probably going to see a shit ton of cops. But what does that also mean? That somewhere in that city, there's probably no police officers on duty. Or at least, you know, in that area. So, you see these quote-unquote peaceful protests, and we think, if you live on the other side of town from the peaceful protest, you might... If you're a criminal in that area, you might have an opportunity to do some bad deeds because all the cops are over there at the peaceful protest. And, and this is what I'm talking about. Is the fact that we focus so much on police officers doing bad things. Now, it's it seems like a lot. I mean, in all honesty, I thought the numbers were going to be way higher than they were or than they are and it's a situation where if you break it down by color the numbers match the population percentage wise so you can't even sit there and say oh yeah I bet you of that 0.40% you know 80% of that was black no, it's, it's, it was 22% in all honesty, and it's 50% for white. So, your doesn't lay credence. Now, granted, yeah, there was a few more percentage points of black versus their total, um, total population number and a few less whites. I get it. But when the news media, and this is kind of where I'm going with this, it has nothing to do with white people committing crime or black people committing crime or Hispanics or whatever. It has nothing to do with that. My point is this. It doesn't matter what color you are. People do bad things. I've always said, you've heard the terminology white trash, right? 
well, there's white trash, black trash, brown trash. It doesn't matter. Trash is trash. If you're a shitty individual, it doesn't matter what color you are. You're a shitty individual. Right? You don't have to stick a label on it. If you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. doesn't matter. We all know white people that are shitty and black people that are shitty and Hispanics and so on and so forth. We all know. We all know them. But I don't sit there and think just because I have a, a bad taste in my mouth for one person that happens to be black that I feel all black people are like that one person. He's a person. It's not, it's not his skin color that makes him shitty. It's his attitude. It's his content of his character. And then we go even further where we judge by the color of our skin. And we judge in favor of the color of one person's skin. By what is the latest thing now? You have states, you have cities trying to give uh, people rep reparations. Okay? I, I could be wrong. Now, I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm, I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure there's not one person alive in this country that was a slave. Why in the hell in 2023... Would we be giving anybody of any color reparations? And this is all focused. Like, I think in San Francisco was, they talked about this a couple months ago. Oh, if you're black, if you're a resident of San Francisco for so many, you know, for the last however many years, um, so on and so forth, you're going to get X amount of dollars. I don't remember the dollar amount. It's not important. My point being is this. I know this is... Some people might call this an ignorant argument, but back in those days, there was a lot of... When we talk about slavery, automatically people talk about southern plantations and white slave owners owning black slaves. But out west, there was Chinese slaves. Up north, there were Irish slaves. The numbers were pretty dominant all across the country. So... Out west, where you had Chinese slaves building the railroads, uh, digging in the mines, you know, for gold. San Francisco, talking about giving reparations to black people. Why don't we give reparations to Chinese people that were here back in, you know, 1849? Right? And furthermore, if you're a black person in this country, who's to say that you're, even if you wanted to make the argument for reparations who's to say that all the black people that are in this country are descendants of slavery just because they're black wasn't well, that kind of a racist assumption aren't you judging that person by the color of their skin what if their family come from jamaica or dominican republic or wherever what if what if uh you know you know, Mike and San Francisco's grandfather uh, migrated here from somewhere in Africa. Why would he deserve reparations? So you understand what I'm saying? Why is why would you do that? I I could maybe possibly get on board with you know people that dealt with situations back in the you know, 50s and 60s, if you wanted to throw them a bone, 
because of the the racial injustices that they had to deal with. But a lot of those people are old or maybe not even here anymore. You got to think, if you were 25 years old in 1955, there's a good chance you're probably dead or you're extremely old. Right? You're talking 70 years ago. You're talking about people that are in their 80s and 90s, if they're even still alive. But what, we're going to give 20, 30, 40-year-olds reparations that probably never really had to deal with a whole lot of racism? I'm not saying they didn't at all, but it was probably at the hands of an ignorant person, not at the hands of the government. And... I, th- I think the thing that bugs me the most is when when you're forced into... It's like when I was a kid and you didn't think anything about race. You had black friends, you had Hispanic friends, you had Asian friends, you had whatever. You didn't think about race. You didn't think about, you know, Mike being a black kid or Fernando being a Hispanic kid. You didn't think about that. You were just friends with these people. White, black, doesn't matter. But now it's like <laughs> you're made aware of these things. And really, if you break down the numbers, it's not like that. So I think the thing that kind of probably bugs me <laughs> even more than this is the whole LBGTQ whatever, whatever the acronym is. It seems to change every other week. And, and, and is this, so the, the popular, this is as of 20, the end of 21. So the LGBTQ plus population hits 20 million. Okay. So what is that? 20 million. You're talking less than 10%. You're probably at about what? 8%, right? Cool. Do I care? No. But why is it that nowadays... Okay, I'm going to give you an example. Okay, so I had a, uh, a workout session on Wednesday with the trainer at the gym. Okay, it was just like an introductory thing. Not that I don't know how to lose, um, to lift weights and stuff. But it was just, you know, I had it. It was free when I signed up for the gym like two years ago. And he's like, I oh, don't want it to go to waste. Go ahead and use it. Okay, cool, whatever. So... They go through the whole rigmarole that weigh you, you know, your height's this, your body fat's that, whatever. What are your goals? Yada, yada, yada. Okay, how old are you? How tall are you? How much do you weigh? Um, and he says to me, now this guy's an ex-Marine. He looks, looks at me and goes, I have to ask this. Are you male or female? <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, are you fucking kidding me? He goes, man, I got in trouble for not asking that question. And that kind of is what brought me to this show today. Is that. Now, those of you that know me, I think it's pretty hard to confuse me with the opposite sex. Okay? Now, I do know that there... In my opinion, I'd feel more weird asking somebody... Male or female. Right? Now, 
we've seen videos, you've seen TikToks, you've seen whatever of people mislabeling or misgendering or whatever. And uh, I mean, the most <laughs> the most famous one that I can think of is uh, I, I want to say it was I don't know where they were at like a GameStop or something like that. And the dude was in there, and he's dressed in women's clothing, clothing, but he's obviously a guy. And it's not even that he was obviously a guy that, oh, hi, I'm here to return, you know, whatever the person was doing. But the guy, the kid or whatever behind the counter said, yes, sir, to him. And he blew a gasket. It's ma'am, blah, 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 you know. And I'm sure you've seen that video. But when you're, when you're talking to somebody, just because they look like a woman, if, if I go into a store and I'm dressed in my wife's dress and I'm like, yeah, I need to get a six-pack of beer and I'm talking like this, they might look at me weird because I'm in a dress and be like, yes, sir. But if I went in there and maybe tried to be a woman, maybe they wouldn't or they just wouldn't say anything. But to the point where <laughs> you literally see some of these people losing their shit if you call them the wrong... And then this whole pronoun pronoun thing, right? They, them, he, her, I'm a cisgender, whatever all that shit is. I, I can't help but agree with some of these governors that are saying, what, whatever you're born as is what you are. How many times have you filled out an application of some sort, whether it be a job application, a credit card application, whatever, and it gives you the option, male, female, rather not say. White, black, Hispanic, whatever, rather not say. You know how many times I want to just fill that out and put I'd rather not say? And furthermore, back to the reparations thing in San Francisco, if, if people can identify as male or female when they're not, why can't I identify as black and get my reparations if I live there? I mean, you see what I'm saying? You open the door. It's such a wide door that you're opening by, by allowing these, these idiocracies. And then it gets to the point where I think the, the basis of this whole situation is we're so worried. I think the crux of this whole situation, the, the uh, diversity, inclusion, whatever aspect of, of colored people in this country, the inclusion and... and uh, acceptance of the um, LGBTQ plus stuff when I'm just a regular dude and I have to be forced into accepting these well if if I have to care about your feelings then you should have to care about mine but when I do that I'm a toxic masculinity or I'm racist or I'm white supremacist or I'm whatever and it's like that's all these people can do is call you names it's like being in kindergarten again here's something for you people fuck you and fuck your feelings how does that sound because I don't give a shit if you're so what is that lesbian gay bi trans queer okay number one Pardon my ignorance, but with the exception of the trans aspect of it, I thought all those letters meant the same thing. Uh, excuse my ignorance, because if you're lesbian, you're gay, and you're queer, right? Isn't that all the same thing? And in my book, if you're a bisexual, you're gay. I'm sorry. If you're a dude, 
that is with a woman and another dude, and you're doing stuff with that dude, you're gay. It doesn't matter that there's a woman there. You're, you're still gay. I'm sorry. Trans, okay, transsexual, right? So, and I have no idea what what a trans, like when I hear, oh, the so-and-so is a trans man, blah, 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 or a trans woman, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what that means. It's a dude in a swimsuit trying to be on the ladies' team. It's a lady in a whatever trying to be on the men's team. I, I don't know. I don't know those terminologies, whatever. My question is this. I understand what a trans person is. I understand that, in my opinion, queer, bi, gay, lesbian, it's all the same thing. You you are a person that wants to be with the same. You're a man that wants to be with a man or a woman that wants to be with whatever. Those all are the same. What the hell's the plus? Okay. And do I care if you want to be a lesbian or a gay dude or whatever? I don't care. It doesn't affect me, so whatever. But... I also don't have to go out of my way to accept it. I don't have to fly a, a you know a rainbow flag in my front yard. I don't have to accept that. Now, if either if any of my kids came to me and said I'm gay, I'd be like, okay, well, you know, don't ever talk to me again. No, I'm joking. I would, you know, it's your kid. Okay. Now, I'll also say this: Do I want to see them doing? Uh, public display of affections in my house probably not that might make me feel uncomfortable well it's not about you feeling comfortable it kind of is it's my house you can do whatever the hell you want in the privacy of your own home I don't care but I don't need to be forced to like it and have you noticed how they're they the the public relations of this country are pushing this agenda of gay couples and what do I mean by that? Watch TV. I guarantee you, if you watch TV tonight or this weekend, you'll see no less than 10 commercials. And if you really pay attention to those commercials, it's a gay couple in that commercial. Sometimes they'll even go as far as it being a mixed-race gay couple, whether it's man-man, woman-woman. But I see more and more commercials with gay couples. What does that matter? It doesn't matter... But the point is, is they're just pushing it in your face. And if, and what does it matter? So what does it matter is this. If I don't accept that and I'm some kind of uh, homophobe or whatever, right? Well, what about my feelings? <laughs> right? Am I not allowed to like something? And that's the problem with this country. It's such a small percentage of people. But we bend over backwards. We have Gay Pride Week or month or whatever it is. We have all these things that we we are forced to celebrate. I mean, I don't celebrate it, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like thrown in your face. And if you don't agree with it, you're some kind of freak show. And, and here's the interesting thing. So I stumbled upon this article in Forbes. So the, the topic was, is diversity, equity, and inclusion bringing us together or pushing us further apart? And I'll just kind of skim through this real quick. So um, this person was talking about diversity with emerging leader who is Asian American or mid-30s, working for a global enterprise. 
It is our favorite child mentality, she said. Our company puts out a statement in support of Black Lives Matter, and then it puts out a statement saying they're against Asian hate crimes. And then it turns into uh, who's going to get the better statement, the BLM folks or the Asian groups? Meanwhile, the company is doing all these things, but we don't see any physical or visible change in the organization. There is no longer about the color of your skin, but the person you are, right? Goes back to Martin Luther King, okay? And the thing is, is I'll tell you what companies do, your major companies, they'll sit there and support BLM, they'll support Asian uh, groups of some sort, they'll support, you know, gay and lesbian groups of some sort, and whatever. They'll... Their packaging might have rainbow stickers, or their packaging might have uh, justice for all, or some something. You're right, but it doesn't mean <laughs> they're just don't. It, okay, I'm gonna say it. It's a tax write-off, guys. They're throwing money at a situation that's popular, and they can write it off on their taxes. It's just another way. You're basically a a line item on a tax form for a major corporation. That's able to write off more taxes instead of paying more taxes. <gasps> yeah, think about that. So DEI is just the most recent version of the game that has been played for decades. A game designed to make people feel like progress is being made toward equality. With one-day trainings or identity-specific affinity groups. In reality, the game itself hinders that very progress. We've seen multiple parallel examples play out on our streets over the past few years in a form of quote-unquote free speech zones. Sure, they'll let people have their say, just do it from over here and close within these fences. That way it'll seem like the outside world that people are always complaining, arguing amongst themselves and ineffective. Meanwhile, the powers that be can point and say, see, we gave you what you wanted and what came of it? Nothing. So we're doing the same thing inside our schools, our workplaces, and our communities with a performative pledge to diversity, equity, and inclusion that achieves the same purpose as those protest zones, the purpose of appearing to value individual forces while actually putting boundaries around them, keeping them confined to a particular place so no one really has to listen. People are crying out for equity, as they should be, but our collective purposed um, solution is to embed DEI leaders into every institution, every fabric of public life to create infinity groups for every identity, identity box we can imagine. So, essentially, we over-inclusify. And what ends up happening is this. You have... Uh, companies, schools, whatever, who will hire a person based on race versus qualifications. You'll have a school that offers a scholarship based on race versus qualifications. I've even seen situations where you've seen schools give like uh, scholarships, and I'm not talking about colleges necessarily, but like private schools and stuff in the area. Um to black individuals over white individuals even though the white individuals parents or parent 
might make less money than the black kid's parents or parent. In my opinion, scholarships should be awarded to, especially in these situations where you're trying to give a kid a better learning experience, not so much a higher learning experience like going to college. But if, if you have a private school, like Oxeter's a private high school, and their tuition is whatever, 20 grand a year, whatever it is. And this kid, this white kid's extremely smart, but their parents are real poor. And then you have a black kid who's maybe not quite as smart. Now, I'm not saying that black people can't be as smart as white people. I'm not saying that. I'm just using this as an example. Let's say that Billy over here gets straight 100s. And Mike over here gets straight 95s. Okay? They both get A's. They both have a good GPA. But Mike could actually afford to go to this school. Billy can't. But they both apply for the scholarship. And because Mike's black, he's going to get it. Is that fair? No. Okay? Same way if, if it was the roles were reversed, Billy shouldn't get it because he's white. But we see this even more so in the job place where candidates are literally hired for a job to check a box. I'm not going to say what company I work for. The people that know me um, know where I work, so whatever. But we've seen it ourselves that, and we've even had leaders <clears throat> that are no longer with our company actually tell us, you know, hey, I got, you know, I could tell, hey, I got a couple of people from wherever um, are interested in working here. And, uh, you know, the question that gets asked is, all right, what color are they? You know, and the, the literal statement was they don't check a box. What the fuck does that got to do with anything? It doesn't, in my opinion, like I said, doesn't. I don't care what color you are, what nationality you are. That doesn't matter to me. As long as you can do the job. Right? But we're not about that anymore. We're about checking boxes. And sooner or later, these companies, it's going to be their downfall. Because you're going to give bad taste in the mouth of your workers because they're tired of having to deal with box checkers. I think it gets to a point when you have people that's lived in this country their whole life that are, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, 60 years old, that are tired of the bullshit, especially the older you get because a lot of this stuff is relatively new, this DEI stuff. I mean, I'm not saying it just started last year, but within the last 10, 15 years, it's relatively new. And we ask the question, why? Now, if you're 20-something years old and you're working somewhere, you probably don't know any different because when it started 10, 15 or so years ago, you were a kid. And that's the point. So we, older people, see the change. And we bitch about it. And, of course, because you're white, you're racist and whatever. But you got to understand that we don't understand why because... It, it didn't seem like it was a big deal before. I mean, hell, they've even canceled the damn Dukes of Hazard, probably one of the best shows back in the 80s. Why did they cancel that show? 
because it had a rebel flag on the hood. What does that got to do with the price of tea in China? But anyway, that's kind of my story for today is the inclusivity of this country is ripping <laughs> this country apart. The whole point, diversity, right? We need to diversify. We need to bring everyone together. We need to be inclusive and equal to everybody. But by using that terminology, it's tearing this country apart in the workplace, in the school place, in the media. It's literally tearing this country apart. You're not including everybody and you're excluding a lot of people. So think about that. All right, guys. With that being said, hope I didn't uh, turn you guys off. I hope a lot of people can understand where I'm coming from. And to our foreign listeners that are on listening to this, I don't know exactly what you guys might have to deal with in Europe and some of your other countries as far as what I'm talking about. I would assume this isn't just an American thing. Um, and for for the older listeners that are listening to this, it has to drive you crazy because you might not see that. You might not notice the race situation is it is it our ignorance? Is it our whatever? Okay, whatever. My point is this: forcing people to do stuff is tearing. You're you're forcing people to get along, or not even to get along, but you're forcing people to be inclusive. And by doing that, you're tearing all of us apart. Food for thought, guys. All right, it is Friday, February third, two thousand and twenty-three. Two three two three. I will be back here on Sunday. Uh, till then, you guys have a great day, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show, share this with your friends, and follow us on social media at Don't Tread on America, and go to our website at Don't Tread on America And uh, you guys have a great Friday, and I'll talk to you again later. <laughs>